0: Hi, this is Scott Pesco. And
1: I'm Kelly Smith with Midwest First Year Conference.
0: And we're delighted today to be talking with our keynote speaker, Dr. Benita Jacobs, who's the president of the University of North Georgia and has prior served as the executive director of the Institute for the Study of Transfer Students. And so you gave a great talk this morning, Benita, on all things transfer students and some of the challenges they're facing. Uh, We would just like to see if our, you know, can share with our listeners some more about kind of the experience that some transfer students, some of the issues they might face. So I know one of the questions that I had after kind of listening to your talk a little bit was we talked about how important it is for advising for transfer Mm -hmm. students and how uh, essential that is because their experience may be different in so many ways from new students. Could you elaborate on what some of those differences
2: Mm -hmm. are? The data shows that advising is one of the most impactful um, things we can do for all students and I think transfers are in a, a different category because they're bringing in credits and they may be looking at a major they didn't have before they got there or they may be changing majors or they may be required to take courses that they had not been told they needed to take so there's a lot of confusion around transfers and I think it's imperative that we have uh, intrusive advising for them. That we also uh, make sure that we're we're sending through technology pushouts. It's time to up your FAFSA. It's time to register. You need to know about these to kind of keep up with everything. But um, I, I think advising is such a focal point for student success areas. It's very very critical. Thank you.
1: So, moving on to uh, a different topic that you you spoke about this morning, was not only the curricular experience but the co-curricular experience. I know a lot of our listeners are probably involved in some of those, creating some of those experiences for transfer students. What are some of the issues they might face, and what are some
2: recommendations for practice you might give to it, give to us? It all starts with new student orientation and uh, the quickest, most efficient way to change the culture of a campus is through new student orientation because people are there to learn and to hear about the campus. So at the orientation, there, it provide, the orientation provides an opportunity for students to hear all about um, opportunities through uh, scholarships, departmental organizations, study abroad, Um, environmental clubs, all of these intramurals, all of these different things that they can participate in. We know that students worry, transfer students worry. We know through studies that they worry about, will I fit in? And so we need to make sure they have a, a full menu of opportunities that are available to them. One thing we have to remember is that transfer students are so diverse within themselves. Our beginning freshman students tend to be uh, more homogeneous, Mm -hmm. whereas transfers, you have some who have raised children and they're coming back to college, or maybe they're they're veterans coming back, or they're changing, finishing school, have been out for a long time. Some are parents, some are working, uh, some are full-time. They're just very, very diverse. So we have to find ways to make it easy for them to feel part of a community. Imagine that we move to a town 50 miles from where we live. And we go back to the old town every weekend to do our shopping and our, buy our groceries because we know we're run into friends. And we go back on the weekends to church or synagogue because we have friends there. And there's a block party on your new block, but you know somebody's having a birthday over there. Imagine how much we would like living in a community if we don't become engaged, and we're adults. So you can imagine with a student who already has stress about transferring to a campus that we have to create um, not only permission but ease to find their niche, whatever that niche may be. And it may be something as simple as a, a coffee with other parents, you know, single parents or, or whatever, but we have to be able to help create some opportunities.
1: Um, so you talked about orientation and how important that is. Yes. Uh, When I talk to some of my colleagues about transitioning transfer students into a four-year institution, um, I sort of liken it to having, um, starting a new job. You wouldn't necessarily start a new job without some type of orientation to the organizational structure, how things work. Would you say that would be sort of an accurate comparison?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have uh, extremely strong biases about transfer orientation. I, I think it absolutely must be mandated, and by mandated, I believe you have to close the back door so they cannot be at um and not come to orientation unless it's after all orientations are over. But if you're going to mandate orientation, it has to be worth your while, worth their while, or you won't have continued support. One of the best things you can do is to have one of the things that I found worked really well is to have a luncheon. You give them a sub sandwich, but you have faculty at the table with them. And sometimes you can even have a psych faculty with all the psych majors. They're not advising, they're talking. And it's very, very valuable experience for them. So the transfers, first of all, they feel like, they're really making a great connection. Secondly, they're learning something, and third, they're valuable. We gave them a sandwich. Mm -hmm. And so those are are very, very important, but um, I know it's, it's controversial to say we need to mandate orientation, and as I mentioned earlier, transfers aren't very fun about it. Freshmen are excited about orientation, and they come, oh, yay, let me sign up. And transfers will be very resistant. I don't want to come to orientation. I've already been in college. Why do I need to come? And the only way you build that is is to mandate it and then make it, like I said, worth their while, where they are. You're giving them what you know they need to know. And then you have to evaluate your orientation, find out where the gaps are. Um, A really good opportunity is to do transfer talk backs and give them pizza you see the theme here, it's mm-hmm. food, <laughs> um, and that works with faculty mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. um, but y- you ask them, give them a piece of pizza and say, what did you like about orientation? What would you like to have more of? But I will say that transfer orientation is, is more a lot more difficult than freshman orientation because they're so diverse within themselves, and you, 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 you run into the evaluations. I want... Welcome Week, like others have. Well, it's two days, I want one day, are just Mm -hmm. totally opposite kinds of things. And on some campuses, you have to diversify the orientation so that you have that week-long for those who want to choose it. And you have a weekend for those who work all week, and that's the only time they can be there. And then you have your more traditional orientations. But I think it, it needs a lot of a, a attention to the population you have and what their needs are. And they absolutely have to feel valued by the time they leave.
1: I'm curious about your perspective on uh, first year experience seminar courses for yeah. um,
2: transfer students. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. that? I, I think they're fabulous. Uh, they All the like courses, uh, the data is really strong on those. The problem we're having in higher education is that we've cut back on the number of hours students can get to graduate. And unfortunately, a lot of those courses have gone by the wayside. And if, if we're going to teach them, we have several choices we need to make. Are they mandated, um, on one campus they were mandated for students at risk? and. We found that, that they it, it was actually detrimental to their continuing because we weren't teaching it with things they needed to know. It was more psychology of learning. So we have to to figure out what kind of course it's gonna be, who's with transfers, who's supposed to take it if for credit, how many hours, and does it hold up their graduation by adding in course hours.
1: Sure, so it, it sounds like you're talking about um, not only it being relevant to the students, yeah. but do the numbers pan out? Is it helping them get to the goal yeah. of graduation? Yeah.
2: If I had my way, I would require every student to have a transition course. Transition year, first year, but it's it's harder and harder with the, with the way things are set up now for everything they have to take and graduate on time.
0: Well I found it very interesting you had shared that on some campuses like I think your former campus University of North Texas and I know at Northern Illinois University that the size of the transfer population coming in was almost equal or even some cases larger than the direct entering students and we have a lot of resources and support for those new students as they get oriented or you know we expect them to take some of these types of courses and there's less support necessarily for transfers. Have you seen that, is that changing or do you think there's more that needs to be done?
2: Both. There's a lot more emphasis on transfer now because people have realized that we need them. There are bread and butter and they're important. Uh, before it was okay. You're just glad you're here. See you later. Um, so I yeah, we're there. There, I think that people are paying more attention to them now than they used to. But we still need to do more because we haven't really focused on what their needs are.
1: I really liked what you said in your presentation about considering: Are we really focusing on our first-year transfers like we are a first-year freshman. What what are the differences there? So we can all ask ourselves, what are we doing for our transfers? Yeah. Are we making them feel like VIPs, like important people to our campus, not right. just not just the bread and butter right. piece, but as, as people.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. yeah and I, do we put the same amount of energy into the transfer program? And a lot of it starts with how do we build the narrative um, we, we all understand branding for our universities, that we have to brand the kind of institution we are. We have slogans, we have push-out messages, we highlight outstanding students, faculty with grants. So if we want to brand internally our transfer program, we have to talk about um, the importance of transfer to our campus, and here's someone who's a uh, I was a transfer student, and now I'm a successful faculty member. This is why transfer work for me. Um, that some even data about any tidbits, little bullet points about ten um, percent of our transfer students are from out of state, mm-hmm. or you know we whatever little trivia things that would be really interesting. But then we have to we have to help. Um, help the campus understand that transfer students are not students who, just students who could not get in and in they're second-class second students. They have to understand the diversity of transfer students and the number of needs they, ha- they have and the backgrounds they have mm-hmm. that are so different. And even those who didn't get in, they've persevered now. They've they've grown up a little. They've filled some gaps. And now they're here. Same standards. They're going to graduate. They will be our alumni. So we just have have to get that message out to the transfer students, to other students, but to our campus community about the value and need for transfer students.
0: I really appreciate you sharing that insight and having worked at the community college you know I think we always see that we're sending some of our very best students moving on to the four-year and I think that that myths out there that these students are not maybe at the same caliber when it could be the furthest from the truth these students are um, some of like I said some of our top-notch students that are moving on and being able to transfer yeah
2: we have a strong Fulbright program in this past year past year we had our first student from one of our campuses that's been traditionally all two-year. We now have some some four-year programs added, and the students started out in the two-year matriculating to the four and one at Fulbright, and that is the kind of thing that students need to know about. These are incredibly bright students. They're persevering. They're there. So we need to not forget about them when we're saying, Hey, you've got this three nine grade point average and you've done this community service. Let's talk about a nationally competitive scholarship, be it a Gilman or Bowen or a Rotary or mm-hmm. Jack Kent Cook, and those are those are important for the students.
1: You also talked about honor societies and that yes. kind of leads into um, the discussion you were just talking about, uh, having scholar offering scholarships to transfer students, um, can you talk a little bit about those honor societies and your experiences with them, and how they can influence the transfer experience?
2: So most of us are familiar with PTK, which is uh, the honor society on the two-year campuses, and it has a it's a very very one of the strongest of all honor societies. It's it, I would put it probably in the top five or six, other than departmental. Um, and they have done a really good job of providing opportunities for PTK members. They have a lot of sweatshirts and recognition things. It's very branded. And a lot of four years are offering scholarships for PTK students to go in. One that's not as well known is Tau Sigma, which is the honorary for students who are new transfers on the four-year campus. They need to make, uh, I think, the cutoff is 3.5 the first semester. And then they're invited to join Toss Sigma. When I was on another campus, I used to speak at the Toss Sigma induction. And it was one of the most moving events I did all year. Because you have such such a, a diverse group of transfer students. Some have had to put together money to get there. It was not a goal that was easily attained. And some of them messed around in high school and they couldn't have gotten in. And now they're in an honor society. We had parents coming in from out of state, almost in tears at the success. It's such a Mm -hmm. milestone. And even the students who were valedictorian and they go to a community college and you would expect them to then make Tau Sigma, it's still very meaningful. Mm-hmm. so I, I think honor societies serve they serve a very important need and and I, I really really do support those um, and in in the issue of scholarships uh, the more the better and that's for every student I am one of those presidents who loves fundraising mm-hmm. and we uh, we have, We've nearly doubled our endowment since I've been there. We've had we had 500% increase in the first three years in scholarship fundraising, and it's only going up from there. But the reason is that it's not for me, and it's really not just for the university. It's more for the students. A lot of what, what our donors are are most happy to do is to give for those. Transfer scholarships are becoming more and more popular among four years because they've realized that they simply need those students. And a small, even a vanity scholarship can make a lot of difference. And uh, so we, we a thousand dollar scholarship for a year can make a difference too on whether somebody could be in school or not. There can be need-based scholarships, of course, and merit-based. So. Merit-based for those PTK students and other high achievers, and um, then need-based scholarships for those that are in high need. And
1: then I just have one more question that kind of leads into what we were just talking about as well, and it's about institutional affinity and how that's measured, and
2: um, mm-hmm. by alumni giving back. Yeah. So there is a, a belief that. There is a discounting of the value that transfer students have in an alumni base. And when I was at North Texas, um, I had asked our institutional research office to run the data for me of the alumni giving rate of students who entered as freshmen and students who entered as transfer. I was going to write an op-ed basically to say, we only have these students for one or two years, for two or three years, and so we need to be sure we really focus on community engagement, or they won't give. It's a tough group anyway. And as we studied the data, it came back stronger in the end that transfer students were slightly more likely to give than our students who entered as freshmen and graduated. And so we were. We did some studies uh, looking at the top 20 schools with the most number of transfers, and we weren't able to complete the study. We, we were not able to get our hands on the data. We'd, schools would not release that. But we got far enough along. Um, this was a dissertation, one of my students, mm-hmm. and uh, we got far enough along to know that it's a mixed bag. Some were saying, oh, we need to run that data again. That doesn't sound right, and it was. But others no, they weren't matching. So it is a very interesting thing. The reason why this is important is upper administration cares about building your alumni donor base. Yeah, and if you can show that that matters, and you highlight that as you're building your brand with with you know the 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 alum who uh, came as a transfer and is now donating back here, it can be very powerful.
1: Thank you very much for spending this time with us.
0: Yes, thank you Dr. Jakes, for for helping us move the conversation as what our theme for this whole conference this year was move it beyond the traditional first year experience. So we appreciate your thoughts and insights and in being able to spend the day with us here today.
2: It's manner it's been a delight. Thank you so much.